Hello to you and hello 2023. It is Shara Carruthers here and you've landed on the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast. And yeah, holy moly, it's a new year, 2023 no less. And although these days I'm leaning more and more towards living life uh, in line with the seasons more than the calendar, I have to admit that there is an energy to the turning of a new year that is undeniable. Maybe it's maybe it's the relief of emerging from the holiday season, or or perhaps it's the excitement of a fresh start. But either way, it's something that I want to acknowledge as a powerful force in our lives and and an opportunity to check in with your inner and your outer worlds to ask if you're living like you love yourself. And although you know 2022 is just in the rearview mirror. I'm really excited today that, well, first of all, I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited to be sharing with you a conversation that I had late last year with the one and only Reggie Hubbard of Active Peace Yoga. So Reggie is passionate, um, to say the least. He's passionate. He's an outspoken yogi and activist who I've been lucky enough to share some virtual space with at various online events over the last couple of years. And and I've, I was introduced to him through his work in the political and social justice arenas. And you know what? I was beyond intrigued about his background and his motivations and his ambitions. And so I was really interested to learn more about that and learn about it. I did, um, which made me even more eager and excited to share his stories of knowing and of loving himself with all of you. And, you know, I couldn't imagine truly a better way to kick off the year. Reggie is known to bring an energy that's honest and fresh and activating, uh, which is something I think that all of us could use a little of this time of year. And so I'm going to get straight into it and invite you to buckle up and settle on down for this enlightening and fun conversation that I had with the inimitable Reggie Hubbard. Hello, Reggie Hubbard. <laughs> Hello. Happy to see you. Happy to be with you. Yes, I'm so, so happy that you that you said yes to this because I I I kinda had a, a moment where I started thinking about when I first um heard of you, when I first, you know, <laughs> saw your work and you know, it felt like like in my mind I would have said it was like two thousand and sixteen or seventeen, but it was actually like twenty twenty. It's actually in 2020. And since then, we've kind of been in each other's orbit. And when I decided to focus this this uh, season of the podcast on this idea of, well, I'm focusing it on this concept of knowing yourself, you were one of the first people that came to my mind as somebody that I wanted to talk to. Yes, indeed. And so I, I want, I, I always, <laughs> I always like to start out with this question, or this is the question I'm starting out with this, this podcast or this season, which yeah. is, who are you in this moment? Who are you in this moment of your evolution? Yeah, the beautiful thing about uh, that question is that it, it's it's the sweet spot of like who I am, right? I was an existential philosophy major in college. So at like 16, 17, 18 years old, I was brooding about my existence as a black man in the United States of America, right? So I'm well acquainted with not only intersectionality, but just the complexity of existence. So at this moment, 
Um, I am a recovering person. I, was, I had food poisoning this weekend, so oh, I'm in recovery, um, mending my digestive system. So I'm mm -hmm. grateful. I'm a grateful being that my digestive system has stabilized. Um, I now understand the practice of mindful mending. <laughs> so mm. um, I am... <laughs> an unapologetic African-American male with a global focus. Um, mm. I am a son, I am a brother, I am a partner, I am a teacher, I am a student. Um, I am a heaven raiser because conditions on earth can be hell. So hell raiser, mm. that's kind of played out. I bring heaven into hellish situations. Um, I am a lover of jazz music. I am a lover of alleviating suffering in the world, practicing yogi, practicing Buddhist, raised Christian. So delightful amalgamation of spiritual traditions, which I think is good because we're in a pretty messy time right now. So as lines are blurred, those of us who play in all areas, it's our time to shine. Oh, that is beautiful. And I love that. I love that response because we there's this you know there's this sense that we see we we see something we see a face and you know we see these physical characteristics and we so rarely do we get to that question in such a short period of time even to to mm -hmm. who people really are and i'm you know i'm certainly glad that we're starting to see people recognize the value in really understanding what's beyond the face like what's beyond the facade or what you think and, you see right yeah exactly yeah. Right, because what you see isn't necessarily real. It's what you perceive. Exactly. Exactly that. And I so I wonder, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, I'm wondering, and I, I really want to dive into it as we talk a little bit more mm -hmm. about your journey of self-awareness. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, from what I, from what I know, uh, you know, as, as yeah. being African-American, you know, growing up with, a, you know, African-American parents and, and, um, Self-awareness is part of the survival toolkit for black people, black boys, mm -hmm. black men, especially. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, it's something they're taught much younger than many other people um, and in different ways as well. And so I, I wonder, you kind of touched on it, you know, I wonder as a black man, what has, how is self-awareness, how has that evolved for you? And, yeah, so and how has it played, how has it played in your survival? Yeah, for sure. That's what I was going to say. It has been a mm. mechanism of survival um, mm. for most of my life. Um, I've had the blessing, I can say it now because of like the wisdom gained through middle age and contemplative practice. Um, I was born in the suburbs and, mm -hmm. you know, my family was almost like first generation South. Um, so I'm, you know, I gave, I was lucky enough to give a um, keynote speech in honor of my grandmother t uh, three weekends ago. She won a Lifetime wow. Achievement Award from her NAACP. And, mm. um, you know, it was one of the things where I um, told people, I was like, so here's the thing, like people, when they meet me in Washington, um, they see my city side, but I'm like half champagne and half moonshine. You know what I mean? Like my, <laughs> my roots are something, my, my, my roots are country. Um, my I was reared in the, in the suburbs and in an urban environment. Um, so that's being in the middle requires self-awareness to be able to fit in both. Right. And, yeah. you know, and as a overly nerdy black kid in a suburban high school, like, um, I, black kids didn't want to talk to me because I was smart and white kids didn't want to talk to me because I was black. And so like, I had to figure out a way, um, to not care, 
um, mm. and not care in a way that has matured from anger to compassion mm. over the course of my lived experience. Um, but yeah, knowledge of self. And most recently, I can say this, um, you get to a point where you realize, uh, especially when you look like me, that the game just ain't for you. And mm -hmm. I had the self-awareness to quit a quit a quote unquote good job and start my own thing uh, because I was like on my worst day when I work for myself, I can at least tell my boss to chill out and stop tripping, you know, <laughs> without reprisal. Like when, when I when I work for myself, like when yeah. I when, when I work for other people, um, I my most recent experience was uh, I basically brought my full self to my job, like yoga, mm -hmm. spiritual, political, all these things. Um, brought tremendous impact into this organization. And then when things shifted um, on the other side of the, the Trump agenda, um, mm -hmm. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I would like to do my political stuff. I want to be a face. I want to be a voice for the people. And they told mm -hmm. me it wasn't possible. And so I was like, so this is where self-awareness comes in. I was like, so you you know you're talking to like a a, a philosophy major practicing but like you know that like that question is a false choice right mm. so that awareness of self was like so the real answer question is do I want to kick it with you anymore no here's my resignation mm. right and so I was able to do all that stuff without all the oh my goodness it's yeah it's unfair yeah it's kind of silly um, but knowledge of self allows me to refine instinct and mm -hmm. use instinct as a barometer of how to move through the world as opposed to like stories from the past or fear of the future. Mm. Wow. I mean, t just hearing that it, it sounds, it sounds incredibly brave. And what I'm wondering <laughs> is, especially in this world, you know, and what I'm wondering is, have you always been that brave? <laughs> and like, is this, you know, is, is that <laughs> your ability to say no to, you know, a good, a good job or whatever it is, you know, to basically, I mean, it, it feels to me like, you know, what I, of what I know about you that, you know, yeah. the system isn't going to contain you has never, you know, it was never going to contain <laughs> you, but I do wonder, I do wonder, you know, have you always been that right. brave or has that been a, some part of your, your, your evolution as well? I mean, it's funny. So, you know how they say when you die, like there's a movie of your life and like, you know, you see these different vignettes or whatever, um, at yeah. least in this experience. Um, yeah. If that's the truth, like I've already put this out there. I was like, I want to go back to ninth grade because there's this moment. And I would say it's a seminal moment in my life where um, ninth grade, um, I ran for class vice president, lost. Um, because my voice cracked. So this beautiful baritone that you hear now um, yeah. was born of adversity. My voice cracked seven times during my my, my vice presidential speech, but uh, oh. still had it together. You know, I think I, I was class treasurer and then last year ran for class president and the year after I ran for class president and won for the remainder of three years. Um, but in ninth grade, also, I had a, a, a point with my guidance counselor and they were like, yeah, so where do you want to go to college, all this stuff? And I had always been in like gifted and talented and like all this other stuff. Um, for whatever reason, <laughs> this uh, guidance counselor, um, she was like, yeah, so um, where, Reggie, where do you want to go to school? I was like, I think I want to go to Princeton, uh, Princeton University in New Jersey, um, because Princeton almost beat Georgetown that year in basketball. And I'm like a huge hoops fan. And <laughs> she responded the following way. She said, um, you know, statistically speaking, if you go to college, it'll be community college. So blah, 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 blah. So 13 year old Reggie um, at, was like, you know, you know, you asked me a question. I got a question for you. 
And she's like, what's that? I was like, how do I get a new counselor? Because you clearly have no interest in helping me do what I want to do for myself. So why are we even talking? Mm. 13. <laughs> so that brother, like, if you could, if you say I'm brave now, like, I want to meet that kid and be like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, high five, young buck. High five, like, for real. Yeah, yeah so, like, that at 13 wow. looked her dead in her face and got a new counselor. There you go. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And so I I guess I have only to believe that you, you know, that thread that may have started then mm -hmm. or even bef well before then has carried yeah, right, right. has been has carried all the way through, you know, yeah, they're always there. There are there, 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 there are several choice points where um I could stay in a situation that sucked or was demeaning or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or I was just like, I'm going to do this. And mm -hmm. if you don't like it, peace be upon you. But I don't have to answer to you. Like, I got to do this for myself. And mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, another one that comes to mind is when I majored in yeah, philosophy. Please. I was the first in my family to go to college. And mm -hmm. um, can you imagine my first, my working class parents when I told them, hey, man, I'm going to major in philosophy at Yale. What? <laughs> you kidding me? Like, you know, they were like, we didn't send you to Yale. I'm like, you're right. To, to major in philosophy. I was like, you got the first part of that right. You didn't send me nowhere. I applied. <laughs> and I got in, you know what I mean? So yeah. like I had the, the, those conversations with my folks or, yeah. you know, when I was in my early twenties, I was working for this job, um, good job. They, they were super racist. And um, <laughs> I just basically had a meeting with the senior VP one day. He said something super racist. I'm like, permission to speak freely. He's like, sure. I was like, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? Mm. And he was like, is that a threat? I was like, I said permission to speak freely. This is man to man. You know what, you know what I mean? So like, I'm 26. This guy's like 55. Like, so for whatever reason, there's always been like something in me that's like, mm -mm, you know, and yeah. I, sometimes in graduate school, like we had a, <laughs> These people didn't know what to do with me. Um, the finance <laughs> professor, the finance professor for my MBA was intimidating us and basically told us to study something um, that wasn't on the final. And um, I boycotted the final, you know, at risk of my degree. You know, people, yeah. I was like, look, this is bullshit. Like this lady said this and she like, she's expecting us to fail. She's playing psychological games and that's not education to me. You know what I mean? And, and I was class representative at the time. Shocker. And so mm -hmm. I was like, look, I'm not taking this test. And people are like, Reggie, what about your grade? I'm like, F the grade, man. You know what I mean? She lied and she's trying to be psychologically intimidating and I'm not playing it. Um, so wow. yeah, you know, so there have been several choice points where I'm just like, it's sometimes me against the world and that's fine. Put yeah. your money on me, man. Hearing all of these stories just it really does solidify in my mind that you are exactly where you're meant to be right now. <laughs> you know, just all of Crazy this town. really yeah, sure. exactly where you're meant sure. to be. And, you know, I wonder, too, because there's so many people out there who who don't have that strong connection to, you know, their inner knowing to a degree that they're willing to follow it. And mm -hmm. I wonder for you, like, do you have any sense of where that comes from? My mother's mother, uh, Moreland Costello Scott, rest in peace, mama. Like, mama didn't take no mess from nobody. Mm. And very salt of the earth, working woman, loved, you know, very church going and those sorts of things. Mama would cuss you out, then pray over you after you, she cussed you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. mama didn't take no mess. And so, like, her compassion so, so yeah. you know she would stand up and then be like man you know like so that i got that blood in me like hardcore yeah. um and 
I had to kind of be that way, you know, like um, just growing up in the burbs, like growing up like smart uh, first generation. Um, you know, my parents were lovely and gave me a supportive environment. But when I came home with college applications, they didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? And so, like, to some extent, you know, and I'm not saying that it, that's nothing on them. Like, they yeah, sure. gave me the uh, they gave me the environment to be able to, like, do what I did and, yeah. and trusted me and or just left me alone. Um, and I clearly did something right because it continued to let me do what I was doing. Um, mm. But um, I've always, you know, when my, you know, guidance counselor said I wouldn't go to college and I went to Yale. Um, at, at my at my graduation, she was like, you know, I always knew you could do this. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, first of all, this has nothing to do with you other than you pissed off a giant and the giant started swinging. You know what I mean? So thanks for that. But like all this other stuff, like I knew I had it in me. You didn't. And thank you for like making me aware of what I needed to do for myself. And so, um, mama, um, and my grandparents just told me stories about, um, my grandmother, who I gave the keynote address for um, mm -hmm. in a book that she was a centerpiece for, for the history of, her, of our region. Um, if you want to be great, you can't let small minded people like get in the way of your greatness. You know what I mean? Like, so I believe that all, I believe everyone has greatness. I believe that uh, I personally have a fair amount of work to do that could be called greatness. And if mm -hmm. it's about me believing in myself or you hoping to support me as I believe in myself, I don't, I don't trust mm -hmm. people to support me the way I need to support myself. Like, mm -hmm. especially given what I look like. Man. Wow. Really powerful words. You know, I, I, I'm wondering, especially cause I'm thinking about a couple of things at the moment. I'm thinking about politics and I'm thinking about mm -hmm. yoga <laughs> and I'm wondering <laughs> for you. Me too. Which, <laughs> And I'm wondering for you, which came first? I'm not entirely sure. Which yeah, came politics, first for you? Hardcore. Yeah. Politics. Yeah. Yeah. I've been an and, operative off and on since, since 2003. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it feels to me like the political environment, and I don't have any experience in the political world more than just, you know, being a voter and, mm -hmm. you know, which is, and, which, is, and, which, is, which is not, which is not insignificant. Yep. Yep. There you go. And watching, we need you know, watching what, watching an absolute horror, basically, you know, it's yeah. what, the, what the political world is doing. But what I'm gathering from the political, from what I see of the political world is that it feels to me like a place where you are constantly being, you may be constantly being challenged to, to know and to tend to, to defend to some degree or, and to actively advocate for what you believe. Yeah. And so I wonder how is being in that world kind of shaped or changed your relationship to, uh, to self-awareness? Yeah. So my yoga practice made me a more kick-ass activist. You know mm. what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I, um, I've always had a bit of a chip on my shoulder, like fire in the belly, all those sorts of things. And, mm. um, that can sometimes be self-destructive, you know, mm. like, um, mm -hmm. I, I quit my <laughs> job. So that, that story I told you earlier when the, um, senior manager was like, I said permission to speak freely, blah, blah, blah. So I quit that job in my, yeah. uh, mid twenties and moved to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil and like oh. took a sabbatical down there uh -huh. to learn Portuguese and like go to carnival and like let my hair grow out and just not give a damn about yeah. what was going on um, in that dumb company or the United States. Um, cause I've, ex I've expatriated twice. Um, so I went to sabbatical in Brazil and I went to graduate mm -hmm. school in Belgium. 
And, um, you know, the thing that uh, when you do these things for yourself, um, I can now look back and see like how, like to your point, everything has led me to this point. So when I worked mm. in, a, when I was in Brazil, I was in the best shape of my life. You know what I mean? Like I lived in Ipanema, like, which is like the, the cliciest part of like Rio de Janeiro, like, all this other stuff. I came back home, worked on two campaigns, gained 80 pounds and like mm. basically ran myself into the ground in two years. Went from wow. the best shape of my life to the worst. Um, because I was so like gung ho for the cause. Um, and yeah. I don't regret that. I'm just blessed that I survived it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, in 2013, I was, um, a part-time civics teacher for the department of state teaching youth civic education to youth. And, yeah. um, we put together, um, a civic engagement like mini curriculum on basically how to stand up for yourself and advocate for your rights and all these other things. And my group, I was like, so what do y'all want to do? They were like, we want to talk about health and wellness. And I was so pissed. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to talk about no damn health and wellness, right? Like, let's talk about like overthrowing your president, you know, you know, and you know, it was like the beginning of contemplative practice for me because I was just mm. like, yo, why did you respond that way to these kids? Like mm. these kids were just like, Hey, let's do health and wellness. And you put all your stuff on them. And, mm -hmm. um, then that basically set in motion process that led to my yogic practice. Right. So mm -hmm. my, um, that one, I went home that night and was basically just wrote in my journal and was basically just like, yo, what was that about? <laughs> right. So, um, what is it about what they said genuinely about health and wellness that had you respond so negatively? And so about nine days after that, I took this, uh, vow to myself and the ancestors, cause that's just how mm. I get down that, um, I was going to like, smash all these uh norms of self-destruction that were predicated on the anger that i'd accumulated over the years and so i took a raw vegan cleanse for six months and you know bought some new balance kicks and ran every day and all these other things um to just purge the system yeah. from the legacy of bad decisions for food lack of sleep chain smoking cigarettes you know a, a line that has like gained traction in the yogic world because because like, no one really is this honest. I was like, listen, there was a time in my life where I would like chain smoke and drink bourbon for breakfast and just mm. be like, whatever. And then go out and just like go and do my job. Um, and you know, thank goodness God is God, all of them that I'm here to tell the story. But that decision in 2013 led to a, almost a year later when, um, me, me and the Obama administration didn't really get along, right? So I was more of a, a Joe Biden guy. I did some stuff for the first lady, but Obama's people, for whatever reason, put me on this blacklist dating back to 2007 because politics can be treacherous and stupid sometimes. Mm. And um, so I didn't want, so I was basically um, looking for work and regardless of my Ivy League degree, regardless of my pedigree with an international MBA, just couldn't get meetings, you know, and mm. just couldn't really break through. Um, at all. And one of my former interns and friends, he um, got a, a job in the presidential personnel office. And he was like, Reggie, um, I'd love to recruit you to the uh, administration. I was like, you know, I don't trust y'all. You know, I don't trust you. Why should I trust mm -hmm. you, man? You know what I mean? Like y'all did nothing but like railroad me for seven years, man. And you know, I'm a good soldier or whatever, but this is bullshit. Like I don't, and so I basically was like, you know what? 
if you can find something that's like deputy level or deputy assistant level, I'll take it, thinking that he wouldn't be able to do it. So he comes back to me and is like, yeah, Reggie, I found these two opportunities. One is either to be deputy assistant secretary for international education or deputy chief of staff for Arnie Duncan. And so I went for it and was just like, you know, this is, here you go, I'm all in. So I, I called every favor in and had people advocate for me for all these things and um, made it to the top two for both of those jobs, got neither one, heartbreak, mm. oh my God. You know, and you know, the the joke I say for that is, <laughs> as like proposing to someone and them saying, no, you gotta go, right? Mm. <laughs> you gotta leave town, you gotta figure something else out because like that's mm. over. And that allowed me to, um, the work I did prior to, the, that year prior, allowed me to deconstruct the self-destructive pattern. You know, I mean, it, I, I was heartbroken for sure. Yeah. But I was like, okay, let me go see my grandmothers. Let me go touch the land where I'm from. And let me just like fill out, fulfill my commitment. And then I made mm. this list. I was like, you know, I'm only gonna do things that lower my blood pressure. I've never done mm -hmm. before and are artsy and free. And someone's just like, you should come practice yoga with me. I'm like, blood pressure, never done before, artsy and free. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you at class. And that was in 2014. And so yeah. when I found yoga and then started practicing aggressively uh, because of a horrific job situation, the only job that I could get once I was fired from that job um, was to be in Bernie Sanders campaign. And so when I joined that campaign, I was new and new in my yoga practice. And, but I told them when I joined, I was like, look, last time I tried this political shit, it almost killed me. And mm. so, um, I'm a yogi now. And so like, for real though, not like some lipstick liberal, like tight pant wearing, oh my God, that's not me. Like this is my spiritual practice. And so like if this job gets in the way of my health and my spiritual practice, I'm out. And they were like, ha, 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 the look at my face. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And y'all have a diversity problem. So y'all might want to meet me on my terms. And so I got the job and was able to use my yogic practice during Bernie Sanders' campaign to merge the two, um, uh -huh. which just allowed me to hold space for some ridiculous stuff. And that has been the, um, the wedge opportunity to bring all that stuff together. Wow. I, you know, as, as the, all of that, as what you're ride, sort of right? going, yeah, <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> I, I keep thinking, I keep thinking yoga is exactly what politics needs. And mm -hmm. in some ways, just from what you've described, you know, I, from the outside, you know, what we think we see are people that are, and I, I know that's the, I know that's at the heart of it, or at least I really would like to believe it. People who are, um, committed to something, people who believe in something and people who are, yeah. are there to try to, um, to try to make that happen, to try to, you know, make the world a better place, make the country a better place. But right. it seems to me like, you know, the day to day, just from what you talked about, chain smoking and bourbon drinking and every, your health just falls apart and all mm. of that, that, the day to day almost requires you to abandon yourself or to, um, you know, and so I yeah, wonder that, that's been the yeah, go. Yeah, that's been the crazy that's been the crazy part of my redemption song in that um so I quit my job most my most recent job about a year ago because they were full of shit yeah. basically. And um 
dove into my teaching practice because I still yeah. thought, you know, honestly, like when I started Active Peace, I started Active Peace in 2020 at the start of the pandemic it was basically all yeah. the studio shut down and I was, I wasn't tripping. I was like, look, Hey, I'm cool. You want to like practice asana and like maybe meditate together? Like that's how this whole thing got started. And mm -hmm. then George Floyd got murdered not long after that. And then I was just like, okay, this is real. Y'all put me on the scene. Let's go. You know, could, the, the ancestors were just like, we've been trying to get your attention. Mm. And sorry, it took like a global could collapse, but here, like get to work. And so, mm. um, the, I've been able to consist. So when I started, um, my, I didn't do my yoga teacher trainings 200 hour, 300 hour until I started working for this group called Move On. And so yeah. I did 200 hour while we flipped the house from Trump control and 300 hour, we impeached the MF. And when I started teaching, we won the election, you know what I mean? And so like the arc of my teaching path and the arc of some pretty ridiculous political stuff um, has been has been interspersed or together. Or, and so um, when at first when I was like, hey, you should, you know, meditate or whatever, no one, no one really thought it was a thing, right? Like, oh, this guy, whatever. And my consistency from 17 to 18 to 19 to 20, you know, so the consistency of regular practice, always showing up super peaceful, always showing up a hmm. full stop, always showing up, always showing mm -hmm. up peaceful, always showing up in service, in like with no sleep, with full sleep, all those things. After mm -hmm. about two and a half years, people are like, what is it about this guy? You know what I mean? Like, he just shows up. You know, Ayanna Presley gave me one of the craziest compliments of my life. She was just like, brother, let me tell you about you. I was like, oh, okay, what's up, sis? <laughs> she was like, you're so cool that when you enter the room, the blood pressure drops. And this is on Capitol Hill. And so <laughs> I'm just like, that is why I, I do what I do. You know what I mean? Like I do what yeah. I do to be so peaceful that external circumstance is almost irrelevant. Um, and that had to happen in the beginning of my yoga practice, like I told you, because my job totally sucked. But I'm glad the job sucked because it gave me the what I would say is the true power of yoga, which is like self-awareness and like mm. in, in touch with like the you that's really you, not the you that you think you are. And mm -hmm. like, cause the you that's really you is never going to like lead you astray, even though it may be, Hey, I'm a, like, get you into this thing where you think you're going to get this job in the administration. You get none of them. It breaks your heart. It sends you to the other side of the country to Colorado, uh, where you get your yoga practice and that job sucks too. But like, as I look back on it, I was like, so all that has done is they prepared me for where I'm at now. So like when mm -hmm. the world falls apart during a pandemic, I've been consistently diving in my yoga practice and my own personal like dissolution of things that I used to think were, I used to think that nonprofits had souls. Some of them don't, you know what I mean? Mm. So like, um, but yoga has always been there um, and given me the equanimity to hold space for some of these difficult situations. And so when mm. the, when life became a difficult situation for the planet, um, I was able to emerge and just be like, Hey, um, I remember one time, um, I don't remember what, what book it, but it's an Iyengar book, um, mm -hmm. where Sri Iyengar was just like, look, you know, you practice with diligence for seven years, the world's your oyster. Like that's a super paraphrase, but like, yeah. I remember when I read that, I was like, blah, 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 blah. Look, I've been practicing hardcore since 14. There you go. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh but my goodness. With no, yeah. with, with no hope. You know, like, oh, I'm doing this to look, you know, just like doing it. 
and clearing yeah. space and something happens, assimilate, yeah. you know, like all these things. Because yeah. I treat you, and this is what I say when I teach folks is like, I teach asana like a martial art. I don't teach it as an activity. Mm -hmm. Like, like we do basic stuff to get in touch with the body, what's the body yes. telling you? And then from yes. the wisdom of what the body's telling you, then we choose your next move. Not this, yes. oh, I'm going to be a former dancer. Who fucking kid? You know, no, that's stupid. Anyway, I yes. I'll get off that soapbox, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, you know, yeah. <sighs> There's so many things going on in my head right now from all of that. I just, <laughs> I just, you're really pointing and I love this too, you know, and this is something that, that has, I've, I've, in some ways there's been hints of this from every time I've seen you, you speak or, you know, everything, yeah. everything that you've seen on everything that I've seen you post, there's been hints yeah. of this truth about yoga, which is it is well and truly a practice of, self-inquiry it's well and truly yeah. about you know beginning to to know yourself so that you can have the discernment that so many of yeah. us don't have because it is it is you know it is pushed down it is burned out through you know the, through society's the messaging and the this and the that and, and, yeah. the, and the and the hard experiences and oppression yeah. all these things it is really well, the other about thing I would, the, the, yeah. the one thing i would add quickly is that um I hate, <laughs> I don't hate much, but I hate when people say, that's hard. I was like, yo, you think that life's supposed to be easy though. Like that's never, that's not written anywhere. You know, I love my no. spiritual community, but oh, I, I, that's so hard. You know what's hard? Yeah. Like waking up at the end of your life, realizing if you had some courage doing some shit, like you, you clearly haven't been around death. You know what I mean? Like yeah. death is hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, I mean, and I, that's not to diminish the, difficulty of adopting new behaviors. I, cle sure. I clearly understand that. Um, yeah. But just because something's hot, you know, like this is why I love that like I'm like yogic and Buddhist combined is that like, yeah. first of all, I think that there's not, they're not as dissimilar as people think, number one. Number yeah. two is, you know, one of the truisms um, of Buddhist practice is not everything that you think is good for you is good for you. Not everything you think is bad for you is bad for you, right? So that's the exactly. discernment that you're talking about. So exactly. I can go through the situations, like I told you, of a shitty job situation, um, a heartbreaking situation um, at the highest levels of politics that I worked my life for and didn't get, um, and still be here with resilience, moxie, and compassion, be like, it wasn't for me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh. As Instead of, to, you know, oh goodness, drug, so drug addicted or who knows what else, who knows yeah. whatever else, you know, seriously, <laughs> violent, Bitter, all angry, the things. I mean, exactly. Yes. Seriously. Oh, seriously. Man, you know, and so that's why that's I, why the teaching practice is called active peace. Yeah, I love that. I really do. It and takes work. It does. And, and, and I wonder, you know, this work of social justice. Yeah. There's really, I want to talk to you a little bit about this now for a minute, mm -hmm. because just like anything, you know, just like yoga and everything, politics, all these yeah. things we're talking about, there's this uh, facade of what it looks, there's this facade of what it means to be an activist. There's this facade of what it means yeah. to, to um, you know, to, to, to be an advocate for justice, basically. Yeah. And... And then at the very center of it, at the very core of it, there, there is the reality. And I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit and, and to the part that kind of knowing yourself, um, can play in that 
or has to play in that or or even mm -hmm. has played in that for you? Yeah, great question. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm having so much fun, by the way. Let me just put that up there. Okay, the, um, me too. <laughs> the, um, two weeks ago, I gave a keynote address in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania mm -hmm. um, to this group called Netroots, which is the digital organizers for the progressive left. Um, mm -hmm. And I showed up and gave two morning practices, two afternoon meditation sessions, offered a Prince class, brought like four gongs and 18 bowls of this full sound bath and gave the closing keynote where I took my gong out. And basically when people are like, I was like, who says that like we're working in futility? Cause you know, who says that like we're going to lose in 2022? Cause the last time I checked, we've been kicking ass for five years. You know what I mean? So basically it just went down the list and was like, Oh, we um, flipped the house in 2018, bang a gong. You know, we impeached mm -hmm. the motherfucker in 2019, bam, you know, just did all these things. And by the end people were like, Rah! I'm like, this is the <laughs> movement. This is what we've been doing. And you can't allow yourself to be like mentally confused just because it's been hard that's what communities mm. you know so basically um i showed up as the probably only antithesis to activist culture mm. you know showed up like like who says that you have to grind yourself into the ground and, and like have a pity party about twitter and like be caught up in this negative stuff who says that you know what mm. I mean? Me and my people bang gongs and keep kicking ass like we've been doing for five years. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, in activist space, there is like a hierarchical OG thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years. You know, there are mm -hmm. a lot of people who've been doing shit for 20 years that still suck. But like, you know, I like to think that like I, like over the past 20 years and in, in change, have like had some level of maturation. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I was show I showed up as my full authentic self in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the first convening of people uh, since the height of the pandemic to demonstrate there's another way. I was like, mm -hmm. listen, I've done the other thing. Like I've chain smoked and like had bourbon and cursed people out and all this other stuff. And yeah, I was successful, but I almost killed myself. You know, when I, we impeached the president and all this other stuff, I was so rooted in my yoga practice, so rooted in my meditation practice and nothing else mattered. And so like showed up at this conference as that guy, um, as a keynote speaker. Um, and you know, when I first did it, people were like, this brother's crazy, but this crazy brother has like un accidentally built like a cottage industry. Mm. You know, well, I, um, yeah. everyone is, everyone's caught up in like the stress of the pandemic. So mm. I like teach sound and like meditation and mindfulness stuff to activist folks being like, yeah, you can be peaceful. Cause think about it from this perspective, like your, what's the most precious tool that you have as an activist? They're like, what? I'm like your health, mm. <laughs> not your list. Yep. Not your relationships. You lose your health. You lose your mind. You're not worth anything to the movement. And, you know, yeah. I know that from, from lived experience. And so at 40, I turned 48 in a month. And so like at 48, I can go after about 20 years in this game. Um, I can go to these conferences as my full self, teach all mm -hmm. these things and dare someone like, look at my receipts. Mm. How many presidential campaigns you've been on? <laughs> how many presidents have you impeached? You know, like yeah. how many times have you been in these historical moments rooted? How many times, like how many members of Congress call you teacher? And again, that's not to pat myself on the back. It's just to be sure. like, listen, you can do this another way and you can do it in a way that's sustainable, not just for yourself, but allows people to see. Cause 
I've, like some of the best um, compliments I've received are from youngsters who were just like, thank mm-hmm. you for showing me. I don't have to kill myself. I was like, yeah. And if anyone tells you it's different, tell them holler at me. Mm. Oh, my goodness. This is such a powerful message. And it's so vital, too. And it's interesting how there aren't there. There are a few voices out there that are, you know, that are that are talking about this, you know, this idea of self-preservation. And then there's those, there's those folks who yeah. you know ha- have been talking about it for for years. Um, but yeah. it's really important because I think this is what we see. We're seeing I mean, just think about since the murder, murder of George Floyd. Just think about the energy level right. around that. And where it's gone. Right. And it's imp- so important for people to recognize that, the, you know, this is a marathon. It truly is a marathon. Yeah. If that's the case, then and it's even more complex than that. You know, it, it does speak to this idea of, of self-discernment. I mean, every even though we're, you know, our skin color is the same. Our experience yeah. of life is different. Our needs are different. And so we do need to we do need to do this work of of understanding right. ourselves better and of of, of building community and all of the the foundations that can support us in choosing ourselves, you know, in, in discerning all of that, because, yeah, you know, I think that's that the would, only way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other, other part of that I would say is that you can't give what you don't have. Right. Like, you know, part of the reason I think I've been ultimately successful is that like yeah. I've cultivated peace within. Mm. Right. So oh, like, man. with, like you can't give what you don't have. Like if you yep. are a mess internally, like by yep. derivative property, like even with the best intention, it's going to come out, it's going to come out derivative of what you have inside. Like I've poured yeah. so much energy into like figuring this out and it comes from yeah. a place of love and peace. And so that's how it lands. And like, that is the, that's, that's what makes things sustainable. Um, yeah. not your effort necessarily. It's, it's the intention rooted in love, peace, and service. Not like I'm going to grind, you know, I said mm-hmm. this on a political call recently. I was like, so yeah. to those who celebrate grind culture, you know what grind culture leaves you with? Dust. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. Who oh. wants to be dust when you can be a human being making change in the world? Like, stop it. Just, just stop. Yeah. Wow. It's the, it's the master's tools like 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 capitalism and, you know, patriarchy like they and, you know, racism and sexism, all the isms that seek to, to demean, destroy and diminish and divide like they want you tired. They want you ground out because they have more money than you. But like I believe in these practices that, you know, like in a healthy body, spiritual energy is infinite. The yeah. universe and, and consciousness is infinite. So that if I'm healthy, aware, and in tune, like I can manifest the infinite through this finite experience. And that doesn't happen through grind culture. It happens through like discernment, peace, and grace. Wow. And so I I wonder, oh, you've talked a lot about your yoga practice. And there there's a question for mm. me that's, that's there, which is how, can, can you, do you have a sense for how yoga itself has changed your understanding of what it means to know yourself. So what it means, you know, in terms of maybe what you mm. do or how you think or all of that. Do you have a sense for that? Yeah. One of my teachers, um, for the past several years, he most of, I, I'm, I've always been the teacher's pet too, which is hilarious <laughs> because most of my teachers, I've become like the student that they kick it with and like, yeah, what do you think about this? You know, like, I'm not, like so anyway, one of my teachers told me one point, you know, none of us are really who we think we are. Mm. And um, I remember I was like, like, hmm, hmm. I told you existential philosophy major. I was like, 
Hmm. Let me let me dig that. Let me dig into that. So, what yoga practice and meditation practice have availed for me is that yes, I am perceived as black man, all these sorts of things, but I'm none of that. Mm. My true essence is none of that. Like these are just conditions of the human experience that allow me to have different opportunities to share and heal, but that's not who I am. You know what I mean? I'm the energy that animates the apparatus, which is part of universal consciousness, which is love and grace and eternal. Like that's who I really am. And all I try and do through yogic practice is to use the character that I've been given, cis, black, male, huge, big body, those sorts of things to effectuate more justice, love, and compassion in the world. Like, so these are, I, I'll give you another example. Over the course of the uh, pandemic, um, I grew so quickly as a teacher, but as practitioner, like all this stuff just happened. Um, and um, when I saw, I knew this, right? So when George Floyd got murdered, I called one of my friends. I was like, yo. <laughs> They, um, the, the yoga world finally woke up and realized they black people who are doing stuff. So I'm going to talk my face off for six months because in six months, everyone's going to be so woke. They're going to be going, going <laughs> back to sleep. Cause that's, you know, and they're like, don't say that. I was like, I trust me, watch. Like I'll bet my money on this. You know what I mean? So six months later, um, Casey Goodson got killed in Ohio for carrying a sandwich by Columbus police and no one gave a damn. And, um, you know, no black squares and solidarity and none of that fake shit. So like, like no one, put, no, no one cared, but what that gave me is deeper Buddhist wisdom, right? Mm. You know, I was deluding my, you know, delusion is a pillar of suffering. And so in this body, um, I'm deluding myself to think that anyone's going to care about me the way that I need to care for myself. And so that unfortunate circumstance of the blindness toward the, the murder of another man by the police for holding a sandwich um, gave me the renunciation of a system that I was never a part of in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was able to renounce. I was, and I was like, I, and I, I remember I put on social media, I was like, look, this is probably not happy-go-lucky. I don't really give a shit. But like, I renounce myself from thinking that anything that y'all think is important will give me the value of myself that I need to give myself. Mm -hmm. And so thank you world for showing me who you really are so I can find out who I really am. So the anger that I once had at society, not caring about black lives was good for me to see because it gave me the opportunity to stop seeking it from other people and to mm -hmm. give it to myself. And from that point, the more I gave to myself, active peace just decided to just blah, you know, it just like active peace. This thing has grown so quickly, but yeah. it, it's predicated on like those moments where I'm like, look, I can sit here and hope that you're going to do something cool or that you care, or I can not care that you don't care and continue to kick ass. So that's what I choose to do. So, okay. So in all of this, that is just, oh, so good. All so it so the question here for me now is where do you struggle? What's what 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 has been and and you know you've talked about maybe some of these external struggles like your you know engage like the yeah. the world out but inside yeah. you know where do you struggle? There, it's opportunities. <laughs> I, I even changed my wording around that. Like it's opportunities for deeper practice, right? So the the struggle is part of the human experience, right? Yeah, every struggle absolutely. that I've like 
born through and made it to the other side. Like there's some, there's some awesome on the other side of it typically, um, even sure. if you don't perceive it at first. Mm -hmm. um, so I told you I had food poisoning this weekend. Um, that was hard for me. I've never <laughs> been sick like that. You know, you know, like I, I, I struggle like with stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. um, I've had relatively good health. So to be laid out on the floor, like for an interminable amount of time, yeah. Um, until the system decides that I, I'm okay again, um, that's a struggle. But like I told you, it's also a blessing and that I'm like, okay, got it. I clearly haven't been tending to you. <laughs> Thank you for like getting my attention. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a struggle for me is like, I have been in such intense situations, um, that I've taken, even I have taken my health for granted. Um, yeah. and you can't. You just can't, like, you know, because it yeah. can change like that and yeah. um, will likely change like that for all of us in some circumstance. Right. So mm. like being present with being present with the gift of your health and remembering that everything you eat, think, say um, predetermines to some extent what will happen. So if I eat Doritos um, and drink a soda and expect my, my <laughs> digestive system to be be okay with it. It's not mm. going to be, especially the older mm. that you get, right? Like not, not saying that's what I did. I did have the Doritos. It wasn't a soda. But anyway, <laughs> like, um, like being dis so when I went to the grocery store today, I had mm. to be discerning and my body was telling me like, okay, so could you have less of this? You know? So mm. when, cause I bought like green juice and oatmeal, you know, like all like coconut water, ginger kombucha, mm. like all these things. And I would see these things that if I was healthy, I would buy. And my body was like, Woof. and I was like, oh, this is a good lesson. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are things that I may have been tempted to, you know, I'm not talking like pork rinds, like, you know, but I mean, it, just, it doesn't matter. Like being that discerning um, is hard for me um, because mm -hmm. I, sometimes I get so wrapped up in my work mm -hmm. um, that how I fuel the apparatus escapes me mm. um so that's one thing i'll be very and i've had weight issues most of my life um part because food has food has been a crutch at some point mm -hmm. um so now it's not that it's a crutch it's just i don't plan i don't plan my meals as discerning as i do all the rest other aspects of my life mm. so that's hard for me um, yeah. but you know, um, not anymore. Like after this weekend, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. This shit sucks. My bad. Oh, <laughs> man. Did you end up with COVID? Did you end up getting COVID at all? When mm -mm. you, oh, really? Still, That's... Hold, still holding strong. That's so good. That's so good. Still I hear you when strong. you talk about that. When you know, when you get a when you get physically kind of laid low, it does. Yeah. It's a whole nother. It's a whole nother experience. It's a whole nother sort of showing you, you know, your your vulnerability as a human being. And it does. Yeah. I think it it pervades everything, doesn't it? It's. I know. Yeah. I get. I get right in my head when I'm sick. I'm like, oh my god, let's mm -hmm. you know all these things. You know. Yeah. So that's hard for me. Um, yeah. it's hard for me to, um, say no, mm. right. Um, and I don't mean that from a standpoint of self-destruction. 
I sure. mean that there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, on Earth right now. I'm super talented, and I can't do all of it. So what do I say yes to? You know, um, like it's the world is reopening right now, um, and you can imagine um, how people are like Reggie come teach for us. Mm-hmm. I can't teach everywhere, you know what I mean? Like because I'm not like I'm a yogi. That that's the other thing that's interesting. I tell people I was like I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm a yogi that teaches sometimes, mm. but I also like advise on political strategy campaigns. I also like advise universities on wellness culture. You know what I mean? So like, it's when I started my LLC a couple months ago, like I laughed with one of my friends. I was like, yoga teachers don't know what to do with me. Right. Like, because like, yeah, I can teach this Prince class. Yeah. I can teach this other class in person or online, but I'm also talking to like members of Congress about like electoral strategy, right? Like in the same entity. So like, don't, don't tell me yoga and politics can't coexist. Like just Mm -hmm. up your game and see how you can make your, teaching practice a little bit more serving to something other than you. Mm. I love this model. I love this model you're creating because I really believe in it. You yeah. know, I really believe in it. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, you, it sounds like, you know, you kind of, um, you've kind of fallen into something that, you know, that <laughs> you couldn't have, planned, you couldn't have planned, but somehow it turns out to be exactly the, the perfect thing, you know, Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, it's um. I'm, so I'll give you I'll give you another example. So when I when I quit my last job, the pandemic was good for me in that like everyone's stuck at home, and so I was able to like teach and advise and all those sorts of things. And so when my old job said you can't do it, I was like, I just did it though. I just did all these things at the same time for my house, right? Like, so I don't really you saying no doesn't does not compute right it doesn't really make any sense and mm-hmm. so i was looking for i guess subconsciously and then it became more conscious because that's how these things work i was like how mm-hmm. can i teach at this art yoga festival and like advise this university and teach meditation whenever i want and 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 i had to start my own thing and right and so like active peace llc is we inspire students and get honoraria for speeches. We all teach asana, you know, because some of my classes have a hundred people. Some of my classes have two doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think if, if yoga professionals were to incorporate their whole selves as part of their yoga practice, be more entrepreneurial and less so focused on asana, like, and allow yogic principles to infuse how you serve the world. Like you, we we wouldn't have to worry about living wages for yoga teachers. Like, because Mm -hmm. I don't believe that like yoga, you know, and this is no shade for people for whom it's your main thing, but Mm -hmm. there are opportunities for you to use the practice as a basis of spiritual foundation to be of greater service then, you know, come flow with me. No, again, no shade on that. Um, mm. But Earth is asking for more. Mm. So much. So, so. You knew, you knew I was a lot when you booked me, right? Oh, I love this so much. I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, so I just, I really, I, 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 my, my mind is sort of going through just this model that you've, that you've slowly been, you know, unfolding the way that you've been talking about it and where it's come from. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm left with this, with this beautiful sense of where it's going as well. No idea, but just a beautiful sense of where it could be going, which is great. And I, and, 
and I, the question that is there for me kind of as we start to, to wrap up our conversation, um, yeah. is what, if, if you, what do you believe the gift of kind of knowing yourself has been, you know, maybe from the beginning all mm-hmm. the way to now, or like, what is it? What's, what's the gift? What has the gift been for you? Yeah. Um, several one is that, um, the most intimate relationship you have is with yourself. So why not mm-hmm. begin to treat it with the reverence, love, care, and compassion that it deserves, right? It's okay to rest. Rest is not only productive, it's also revolutionary. And in deep rest, you find out what the soul wants. And, you know, the soul is who you really are. Um, mm-hmm. And as you acquaint yourself with higher, I mean, the blessing of the pandemic is that I really understood Koshik studies better, right? Mm-hmm. So like the you at the time in like the <laughs> yeah right. So the you that's the sliver of a rose petal, like that thing, is who you really are, and how like and how that can just emanate out. Um, the more that you get the gross anatomy out of the way and get into like switch your orientation from that like this to that. Um, that just, I mean, when I first, um, at, at the end of my 200 hour t- teacher training, I said the following, they're like, Rich, you'll be a great teacher. I was like, I ain't going to be no damn teacher, but if I do, um, I'm going to bring the wellness industry, get them off their ass and get them more civically engaged. And I'm going to get activists to take a chill pill. I just said mm. that flippantly. <laughs> Right. And like, like that's what happened. So mm. me, I already knew what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then like, so the me who I really am put that out there at the beginning of 200 hour. And so knowledge itself is like, as these things started to unfold, um, I'm like, oh, that was a real thing. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to start this thing, blah, 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 blah. No one's ever done it before. So what? Right. Mm-hmm. And so knowledge of self has given me the courage just to speak. Um, you know, I gave this speech in Spain um, where I said the beauty of the times where we find ourselves right now are that everything is falling apart. <laughs> and the reason that's beautiful is we can glean the wisdom of what's falling apart. And those of us who have vision and courage can speak, speak new things into existence. Um, you mm-hmm. can't speak anything into existence if you don't know yourself. Mm. You know, because like if I were to tell you, um, it's not that people didn't support me. You know, you're gonna do what? I was like, look, I'm starting this thing uh, where I teach online. You know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, to speak, no one was really teaching online in 2020, and on April 4th, I dove into it, mm. and so and and now, um, that that's that's from knowledge of self. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing to quit my job, that's knowledge of self. Like, and though, so the gift of knowing yourself and putting yourself out there, but also taking yourself away from situations where energy needs to be diverted. Like th- those are some amazing gifts. It's the, it, the interchange of give and take. So where do I invest? Where do I draw back? Like to be of, of greater service. That's one. Two is that it's allowed me to be inspirational in ways that I never really understood. Like, you know, if you're yourself the whole time, it doesn't take that much energy. You know what I mean? Like if you have to show, if you have to pretend that you're somebody else all the time, think of how much energy you're wasting. So I'm, I'm this guy in like circles with like Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. I'm this guy with this, 
the people at the grocery store where I went earlier, like um, I told my friend, I was like, look, I made a couple of friends just by being kind, right? You know, mm. and so if you streamline your energy and are consistently yourself, think of the energy that you could pour into launching an LLC or launching this or trying this. Um, and the other gift I would mention is that knowledge of self makes failure that much less likely because like you're just it's it's just an exercise in self-discovery if it doesn't work what did you learn from it you know like in an active piece like like especially during the height of the pandemic i was like i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try this blah, blah, blah. so now um i now offer like sound healing classes through these microphones and like i've got like gongs and all this other stuff and people are like it sounds like i'm just there yeah because i tried it like i'm a roadie like you know so like there's a part of me that already knows this stuff and that's the last thing i'll say the mm. knowledge of self is the gift that allows you to get in touch with the wisdom that you already have Mm. All you have to do is sit and be with it. Like, that's amazing, right? You know, we, we, how much time do we waste looking out? Oh, my goodness. The, I, the other thing I love about my social media profile, a bit of a non sequitur, but kind of the same thing, it's is okay. that, like, look, there okay. are some days, there are some days where I may get, like, all the likes. There's some days I may get, like, two. But guess what? I don't care. Because the, the, last, the knowledge itself is that if I, if I authentically offer something, electronically social media whatever if it impacts one person positively yeah that's all that matters right so knowledge of self knows the the power of one true connection yeah so wow that's my riff. you know oh uh, before before i let you go i i want to thank yeah. you so much for that for all of that i want i'd love to hear you talk just a little bit about active peace yoga just what's your dream for mm -hmm. it what, you know, what, I just really want to hear. You've talked about it a little bit, and I have a little sense, but yeah, even just a little bit to to share. Yeah. So um, this thing is my. It's, it's in its terrible twos, but they're not terrible. They're pretty awesome. Um, active piece. I my dream for it is to inspire um, teachers to be their full selves. Right. You know what I mean. So like, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Like people, sure. Reggie, you should try retreats. I don't do retreats. They're like, why? I was like, because I believe, I believe retreat, the word is antithetical to my practice. Like if I can come up with like resourcing or something, I haven't come up with the title yet, but we mm. don't retreat. Like we carry peace with us forward. Like, you know, like it's those sorts mm. of things. Um, active peace on social media. Like I, when I was in Netroots a couple of weeks ago, this one young woman came to me and she was like, you know what I love about your practice? I was like, oh, and she's like, you have zero followers. I'm like, exactly. Like the, the, the patron saints of active peace are Jimi Hendrix and Prince. They ain't following nobody. They did their own thing. And so like my dream for active peace is to inspire that level of authenticity among teachers, but among people, honestly, but among teachers, um, because you are the gift of yoga is the level of awareness and discernment of the full palette of gifts that you have. So like mm -hmm. find them and share them, right? You know? And um, my my other dream for Active Peace is to, one of the things, and it's not a mission statement, it's more of a sankalpa, is that um, to share the benefits of well-being with all walks of life. So mm -hmm. I teach yoga people, I teach union members, I teach mm -hmm. Hollywood agents, you know, hopefully I'll be able to teach prisoners, you know, or those who are incarcerated because the word prisoner sucks. But mm -hmm. like, so like, 
to share these practices with all walks of life because in this pandemic era, peace of mind is invaluable, you know, and peace as a foundation is invaluable. Um, and that, that maybe that comes through a Prince class, maybe that comes through a slow flow class, maybe that comes through like me playing this, you know, like whatever. But to be a resource and to be an exemplar of walking peace so that people can have their suffering alleviated, you know, because I take, as I've gotten deeper in like Buddhist studies, like I would never say this about myself because I'm not that arrogant, but like the, the whole notion of bodhisattva um, means something to me because mm -hmm. if my life, my words, my example can alleviate your suffering, if only for one second, that's good. And like, so to cultivate that level of peace as a foil to the distress on the world, like that's my dream for active peace, not just for me, but for all if you ever, whoever has any contact with active peace, yoga, active peace, speaking, like all the things that are under the umbrella, if it leaves you peaceful and inspired, let's change the world. I am, I am beginning that process of digesting this conversation. I just, <laughs> there's so much that I, I'm just really thankful. I'm really grateful that you're in the world. I'm really grateful that, you know, that you are showing me and everyone else that comes into contact with you um, just what yoga can look like and just what yoga is about. Uh, and not just yoga, you know, what community is about, what, you know, confidence and, and bravery is about, what truth is about, all of these things. And you are doing it in some, such an unapologetic way. <laughs> that it just it's Absolutely. it's 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 really inspiring it's well, really I mean, inspiring think about it from this perspective like how many times have you been told regardless of the reason race gender sex whatever um that you can't mm -hmm. you know all i'm doing is like says who because <laughs> you all right i disagree with you so move thanks right yeah <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I'll share another story quickly with you. Yeah, like my um, in my in my three hundred hour class, um, my three hundred hour teacher training, um, beautiful studio, lovely people. So I'm not talking shit about y'all, but you know this <clears> is true. Uh, and this is what I say to someone: like, if you don't want someone to tell something about you, don't do it. Um, so there were several people in my uh, three hundred hour that said my style would never work. You know what I mean? Because like I don't really teach vinyasa. I'm kind of hatha centric. Um, yeah. It's like Hatha meets Qigong meets like into like it's 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 its own thing. Prince, unless it's like a yeah yeah yeah, yeah Prince, you know sometimes I love Michael, that so much. you know, right? So like you know, um, and like they some people were like you know that'll never work, and I didn't. So pre-pandemic, I didn't really teach in studios. I was like the sub in studios, but mm -hmm. you know I was like look. I'm not going to sit here and conform my style to y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to just do it whenever I feel like doing it. I am trying to impeach the president right now. I'm trying to do these other things. So, like, sorry that I, you know, can't make it and apply. So, very long story short is that, like, um, I talked to one of my teachers. She actually came to this class. I taught with Tracy Stanley mm -hmm. uh, last week on, um, it was called Good Grief, so Transforming Grief um, mm -hmm. with, like, Sangha and, and Sound. 
And I was like, look, thank you. Her name's Carol. I was like, thank you, Carol, for always believing in me. Because people gave me hell, man. You know what I mean? Like when I was like, I'm not doing this this way. I'm doing this this way. Like, you always stuck up for me. I appreciate that. She was just like, it was evident from the moment that you walked into the studio that you kind of go to your own drum. But like, you know, mm. it, 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 it's for the benefit of all people. And she was like, so how could I not support that? I was like, well, mm. thank you. Because like, I was just trying to like... I was trying to, the, the last thing I'll say with respect to knowing yourself is that it's not an elegant process. So embrace the messy, right? Because there'll be some things that just shoot out and you're just like, what the hell am I supposed to, what? Right? So like embrace the mess and like use whether like consistent practice or friend groups or the combination of the two as a chance to refine yourself. So your tone is on in tune with who you are as opposed being in tune with other people, but out of tune with yourself, that never ends well. But like, mm. if you're in tune with yourself, you will draw the people that are meant for you. Um, my teaching practice is per proof positive of that. Like, I built my entire practice during a pandemic to the sound of my voice. Mm. All I did was speak and was just true and honest. And like, like this mm. brother here, yeah, this brother here, he got some shit to say. Mm. He knows who he is. No. Oh. You know, as I said at the beginning, you know, when I started thinking about having these conversations, you were one of the first people that came to my mind. And now I really, really know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for saying yes to this. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I know that you'll continue to do the good work that you're doing in the world, not just the work for everyone else, but the work for yourself, the work of knowing yourself, too. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I am. Like I told you, this sickness this weekend was beautiful for me yeah. um, because I have to, my body was like, you ain't as up to date as you think you are, dog. Get it together. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I hope, that, I hope you don't have another moment like that anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks again. Indeed. Peace to you. All right. Well, there you are. Another peek into the complex process that knowing ourselves can be, right? I mean, I hope that you were able to find something in that conversation to motivate and inspire you in the same way that I did. And, you know, I also hope that you're really finding yourself looking forward to 2023, whatever it might hold. You might, at the moment, my life is really full, really full of interesting projects and, and including, as I've mentioned, this master's degree in transpersonal psychology and research into the practical applications of psychedelics and echo psychology for self-realization and healing. And one of the things that I've found <clears throat> is that my background in yoga and Ayurveda, they've really given me a strong foundation for diving deeper into the potentials of these transpersonal disciplines. And so like a lot of other folks, I am really excited about what's coming. I'm excited about what I'm going to discover about how uh, these wisdom traditions um, and these new ways of looking at things um, can support a deeper understanding of ourselves and our relationships with this planet and with each other. And so you can expect to hear more about all of this at some point. I know I've hinted at some of it in the past, uh, and I did just want to let you know that you can expect to hear more about it in the future. And I also just wanted to, to reach out and to, to see if you have any questions 
about any of this. Like if you're as intrigued as I am about, um, you know, what you might be hearing about psychedelics or what you may be hearing about eco-psychology, even though I think fewer people are hearing about eco-psychology. But if you do have questions, I'd love to hear them and I'd love to address them. And so do feel free to drop me a line uh, and I would be more than happy to address them either in my newsletter or uh, at some point on the podcast. And so in the meantime, I'm just going to keep chugging away on more podcast episodes and I'll be getting them out as regularly as we can this year. And so until next time, just know that I always really appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to staying connected through 2023 and beyond. Thanks again. Namaste. Namaste.